The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. As always, talking about what's going on in the life out here in the traffic, out here in these streets. And these cool, cool, cool streets. <laughs> For 100, baby. <laughs> Episode 100. Booyah, we made it. Dun, 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 dun. Triple digits, the century mark. Finally. Hey, we get here when we get here. Oh, man. You know, I understand <laughs> it, man. It's all it's, about it's the journey. Thing. No, that, yes, yes. It's the journey. Yes, it's always like to highlight individuals who do it for the culture, do it for do it for the love, do it for the people, whether they definitely. be inspiring, whether they bring information or insight. Do it for the culture. Yes. This uh, this gentleman, especially coming out of, as we, we're now officially ended uh, Black History Month, uh this gentleman devoted his life to the information and education of the history of an impact of black americans and black africans throughout the the entire diaspora he was uh most notably for being quoted for saying um when you control a man's thinking you do not have to worry about his actions that when you when you rob a people of their history and they don't know where they come from and what they've contributed, you can put them into a box and minimize their existence. But when you teach them where they've done and where they've been, that that's something that inspires human beings, that he, he liked to look at history almost like the scientific method, not with a slant of feeling one way or another. Let's just look at who did what. Let's just look at the contributions made by by black people, because when you go through the education system, I don't see it. So, mm. so let, let's just look. Let's just look at it like a math problem. Who did what? When did they do it? Who's responsible? And it's just a, a, a genius mind. He was the second uh, second black person to graduate with a Ph.D. from Harvard behind W.D. Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois. Uh, he wrote the book, The uh, Miseducation of the Negro. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Thank you. He was a historian, an author, a journalist, also a founder of the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. Uh, like I said, somebody who really made his focus on know- knowing about his people and not just regurgitating information, but actually teaching, educating and, and showing the path of how these greatness can be duplicated. He is the known as the father of black history. He is also the base root founder of what we call Black History Month now. It was originally Negro History Week, <laughs> which he helped to implement, which then turned into Black History Month. So showing some uh, some love, some appreciation. He's an ancestor now. He's gone on uh, past it, 72 from a uh, heart attack. So he's been gone for a little while. But one love, one time, a little appreciation to uh, Carter G. Woodson. Yes, yes. And Negroes are still totally miseducated. Man, yeah, and and and, and it ain't it, getting any better. And it's not through the lack of information; it's miseducation. It's not only miseducation; it's niggas don't want to be educated. And at the particular time, the black man and black woman want to look at ourselves as as our own adversaries. And it's um, it's very unfortunate, you know, because right now, in particularly. 
you know, it being a, a hundred episodes, you know, shots out um, to, you know, the, the sister Queens, you know, they just opened up their uh, Arden um, pop-up shop, you know, just converting yes. into, you know, Ish and Kenya, they, they, they sat there and, um, you know, converted their, their uh, idea from what was at um, 2251 Florence square, which is basically a great, um, great place for innovators and entrepreneurs over at that spot. But location wise, we won't get as much as we could when we're in more central locations. So the push has been that, you know, the conversations have been able, the conversations to push the way we build black unapologetically has now created more opportunities for other individuals to smoothly move into places that once, once upon a time, they would have never thought to be possible. Um, and as much as we want to down, down, down talk or, or downgrade some of these white establishments or these, these more or less white areas, I've always made reference to our downtown area here when we talk about locally in Sacramento and folks who are listening outside of our area will understand as well. When we look at downtown, the renaissance that they've had um, downtown here, downtown and other areas that were, um, you know, the plagued by poverty and drugs. But as soon as they put an arena there or put some, you know, other fine instruments there, it got cleaned up. Yeah. I always said <clears throat> to our uh, mayor that the downtown renaissance is a renaissance of whiteness, not black. There's no um, particular black faces. And in a sense, so when you talk about the sisters that are doing their thing over there in Arden um, and um, hosting a whole bunch of entrepreneurs, um, businesses that probably wouldn't have been able to even take a, 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 a sentiment of one of the building spaces there because of the cost. Yeah. You, you look at it an endeavor of that's why our location and why we're allocated to try to you know, fend for ourselves in places where we know, we know won't really bring in the dollars that we want to flip to make sure that you're not just working this, you're, you're just, you know, excuse me, you're just working this job. You're not working another job to help the other job that you created, right? Mm -hmm. That a lot of times we don't get these opportunities. And that's why you don't see a lot of black entrepreneurs downtown because the cost is too high. So yeah. when we think about us moving forward in, in our black infrastructure. I, I think that a lot of the conversation and talk that I'm hearing about now this um, this equity talk, this equality talk, I think people miss uh, what we want. Like they, they miss the guard. It's like we want the economic freedom to develop our own systems. So if you're not talking in a way of black empowerment or black development economically, where I can go ahead and write out a particular project, like you know, and I we you know, and I talked offline. I said, "Hey, we have a storefront that we see in our community. It's worth 150k. We have the idea to create these storefronts for these other entrepreneurs and be able to rent these spaces out, so we can create our own strip mall. Like, but we need 150k. We don't have that. Uh, we don't have that liquid, or we don't have that credit wise. Yeah. If these talks and these conversations of building black power, because that's the new conversation now, right? We move from Black Lives Matter to this idea of black power. Okay, well, how does black power look? Black power doesn't look just via policies, initiative, in, in, in certain degrees. Like, you know, there are importances of policies and yeah. procedures, 
But the reality is we've done that before, right? We, we Unless it's going to be reparations, right? Unless it's going to be um, banks are forced to make sure that they are investing, right? And they will be audited if they're not every year to give out these sufficient loans to help support black entrepreneurship as long as they have all of theirs, their, their, um, you know, T's crossed and lined up. Yeah. That unless it's that we're, we're missing what we as black people need. We don't need more policy control. We don't need more conferences. We don't need more research to talk about the problems that we don't need. I was like, I'm going in. We don't (laughs) that rhetoric. And I think people paying for that to have the symbolic, um, the symbolic ways and gesturing of progressing because we're having talks, we're sitting down, we write up some proclamation, and then we still go into the same communities and we have nothing, but we're funding certain organizations to do work that doesn't amount to sustainable, um, tangible infrastructure that will be gone after an initiative is gone or after a funding is gone because now the funding that we resource is funding that creates opportunities that continue to keep whatever community is striving. Eventually, a person outside of, if you're thinking dollars and cents, it's great to have a brick and mortar. It's great to have businesses in centered black communities. But if those communities aren't being built out, you have to travel outside. You have to be able to invest and hopefully those people in power see that wow i have a community or i have a district that has really no black businesses and say well you know we have to change it up because that's the true level of diversity especially when you know there are businesses you can attach to and say okay here's a black owned business let's put them in this storefront let's help support this storefront and i think that's what i find so so abstract about all of this conversation and talk like i'm hearing too much of it and it seems to me like the same kind of rhetoric that we've seen before yeah different time but same agenda where it's really you have more of those who can build out um from a perspective of intellect but ain't really truly building out from a perspective of grassroots homegrown product that produces and kind of really creates an economic value for these communities. And I can't expect that from people that don't live in these communities or don't really work in these communities. Yeah. And for some people who, and there's a great point if some people are like, okay, well, what does that look like? So, you know, we, okay, we're getting these initiatives. We want to put these programs in place, but how does that translate to dollars? If you have a school that teaches uh, journeymen on how to be electricians and plumbers, Everybody who goes through that program is now a licensed electrician and plumber. They can either open up their own spot or they're they're certified to go work and generate income. Your initiative led to something that was started that then went to generate income. That could be a school that you have. That's whatever. If you start up businesses like like strip malls, if you say, okay, uh, it's going to be a say, even if the strip mall itself is state owned, city owned you know, community-based owned. And we have we give you this extended lease for X amount of rate that you're locked into that's affordable, whatever, and we are fronting you for the first five years. And then after that, here's when, you know, some of this money has to generate back in. 
okay, you got five years to set up and establish a sustainable business. After it's done, you have a locked in lower interest rate to maintain the leasing on the building. And then you can generate money. You can put people to work. You can supply a need for the community that's there through the business. And then that becomes something that stimulates the economy in that particular neighborhood. Like these things are not, it's not rocket science. I, I just, I, I, brother, and, and that's what frustrates me, right? Um, these things that you say are not rocket science is so perplex where niggles with big language and, 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 and big ideas. And, 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 and I think subtle conversations that help white people feel more comfortable to me. It's, it, it becomes like, all right, so who are we? Who are we playing this this game to? Are we playing this game to appease the masses or are we playing this game to really help our people? At this yeah. moment in time, black is very trendy. Black yeah. topics is, is is very to know. You got niggas winning Grammys and, and, and Oscars or whatever, Golden Globe Awards. Like yeah. it's running out of style, right? You know, we, we just got done with um, Black History Month and now, um, aka Black Heritage Month, and now you got you even went WWE even gave Bobby Lashley a, a WWE uh, belt. You know, and he even got, that, after the summer that people still care. After the <laughs> summer, they're going to move off of it. Yeah, right. It's, we got it right now. It's like 16 years. Yeah, you finally gave the black man. You got a, a, a WWE World Tag Team Champion, WWE uh, Heavyweight Champion. So even they see the, the, the writing on the wall. But yeah. why do black people not see the writing on the wall? Why are black people interfering with our own progress? And when I say we interfere with our own progress, do you really understand what we're trying to do? The only way Negroes can now create sufficient change is when a Negro owns his whole strip mall, let's just say for an example, and I know every single owner in there, I now am able to supply my community with employment. I am now able to supply my community with opportunities. I am now able to help the value of my community because there's value in our business. So we are going to support the communities because remember, there are businesses in our communities that do not support our communities that don't look like us. And their liquor stores <laughs> and their fast food restaurants that don't give two dams. They just want to pick up and go after they get their big bag of money. Yeah. But in other communities, these same businesses, if they're in these other communities, they are damn near forced or even they give it up because they want to because they feel a part of the community they where you the softball they'll sponsor this. They'll sponsor they, that. Yeah. Yeah. This is where you guys come for your meetings. Exactly. This is you do for the lives. This so, is the so here we are fighting amongst ourselves on how black power looks. And these are the same individuals that I know seven years ago had no kind of conversation about true black power because black power scared people. Right. Didn't care about talking about black economics because black economics scared people because it always seemed like it was too mm, it, 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 it was it was it was it was too black in a way that it clearly segregated everybody else. When you and I know the segregation, even though we have been integrated of black people with wealth, and we just will talk about how the, the GIs, the soldiers used to come back from war, and it, that, that GI Bill, that, that ain't for black people. Yeah, <laughs> right, that, right. a whole lot of them came back, promised that GI Bill, promised help getting their first house, and Uncle Sam looked at him like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? 
like the, the, the redlining, my brother, Paul Austin and his wife, they were being redlined in their own community. They were being undersold and their house was undervalued. Like 300 to like, I think it was 300 to 500,000. I'm not too sure the number, but it was a lot less. And it was because they were black. They, they, they flipped the script. They, they had, um, a white family. Yeah. So you know, white lady, she got a half a million more. It's like a thousand more for the exact same house, exact same list. For the exact, exact same, same house. Everything. So these things are actually happening, but for whatever reason, we don't want to talk about how we can really shift the, the power of change dramatically. Cause I just think that every time we start having these, these moments, too many agenda filled organizations, too many gender filled Negroes, too many Negroes that want to um, brighten up their resume are at the table and not the thinkers that were already building. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. The people that was building, um, from the grassroots level without any kind of politic political kind of um you know donations contributions or even from you know figures in the black community that that wasn't just okay well we're doing some kind of um support group i'm talking about every day around you got black people building when we're not in these conversations in these circles it's dangerous because how do you who has only worked on policies know how to build grassroots when you've never even attempted to try you've never even attempted to try to own your own storefront but you're now basically with this great big idea telling people that have opened up storefronts open online businesses have opened up pop-ups have opened up real businesses that employ black people that have created black commerce now you're telling us that you're going to show us how to blow black or, or 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 power black and have this idea of black economics when you when you had the opportunity never did it because you're too afraid shit is crazy yeah well that you think that ties into the whole the concept of uh, miseducation in believing that you can learn theory you can learn strategy you can learn stuff in books but there is something to be said for experience and so we have people who have been around people who've done stuff we have people who are well read about how to do stuff people who have you know studied how to do stuff but never actually done stuff mm -hmm. and those people get into positions of power and then when you start presenting to them okay well let's make a move on this they they may not be the person for that <laughs> and and they, I got to think this through and we got to put a committee together for this and we got to do this, this and the third, because you have a lot of people who finally got an opportunity to be in charge of something and everything they work for is linked to that opportunity. So if I put some money into you to start your business and this thing goes south, I'm never getting another shot at bat. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I want to hitch my career to your career. But but you do know, but you and I get that, but you do know. That a lot of these policies, these initiatives, like we spend so much money on lobbying, so much money on like creating certain agendas that get shot down. And there's money that people work to do the research, yeah. invest to, to, to do um, all of the gallivanting that they have to do to present it to people. That People are getting paid for that. So yeah. wouldn't you roll your dice on possibly creating, for instance, you know. A, a brick and mortar of a seriously delicious eats supporting that like to me that sounds a little bit more reasonable this you know also where the politics go into oh, how do i feel about you this shit like crazy, like bro. how do how do i feel about helping you get over 
How do I feel about being? But, 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 but helping me get over helps you. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, so there are people who, what is it? Uh, cut off your nose to spite your face. There will people who will not advance themselves because they don't want to. Okay, so there's this old joke, and and, uh, and I, I I've seen it pl- this mentality play out so much. So imagine you out on a beach somewhere, sunny yeah. beach. Dude's running, he's playing volleyball, whatever. He runs across the beach, hits his toe on something, trips and falls in the sand. He's like, man, what was that? He looks back to see what it is. He picks it up. It's, it's a, 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 he's like, looks like a vase or something, whatever. He rubs it, knocks the sand off. All of a sudden, genie pops out. It's a magic lamp. Mm. All these people start coming around because they see this big genie in the middle of the sky. Genie says, hey, I'm the magic genie of the lamp. I'll grant you one wish. He's like, one wish? I thought it was, one what wish. happened to three? He's like, hey, man, it's one. Take it or leave it. He's like, bet. He said, what can I want? What can I get? He said, man, I, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do, I got you. He said, man, I want to be rich and famous. Genie closes his eyes. Bink, bink. All right, dude, rich and famous. Woman walks up. I want to be beautiful and look young forever. Genie's like, got you. Boom. Somebody next dude walks up. I want to be healthy. I don't ever want to get sick. I don't ever want to break any bones. Nothing. I want to be healthy. Genie's like, got you. And just person after person, I want, you know, I want my family to be feel safe and secure. Gotcha. I want to make sure that, you know, I have a nice big house that I can put all my relatives in so we can live together straight. Uh, I got bad eyes. I want to get my eyes 2020 vision. Gotcha. No problem. I wish I was four inches taller. I've been tired of being short my whole life. Jeannie's like, gotcha. What do you need? He goes down after down, down, person after person after person, each person saying what they want, what they need. Jeannie got him. No sweat. No problem. Comes down to the last person in line. He didn't make his way down this entire beach. Last person in line is walking up to the genie, just laughing, just just hysterically laughing. Can barely keep his breath. Genie's like, okay, uh, what, what, what you need, my man? Dude's like laughing. He's like hyperventilating, laughing. Even the genie starts laughing because he's like, this got to be the funniest joke in the world. And he's like, hey, whatever you need, whatever you want, whatever you want me to do, genie got you. I got the juice. I got it like that. You're the last one. Let's close out strong. What is it that you want me to do for you? The guy stops laughing and looks at him with the straightest face. He said, you, you, you took care of all these people? Jeannie's like, yeah. He said, you gave them whatever they wanted? He's like, yeah. You, you made them whoever they wanted to be? Jeannie's like, yeah. He said, my wish, change them all back. Damn. <laughs> change them all back. There are okay. people out there who regardless of, they don't, your wish ain't got nothing to do with their wish. Facts. Your success is not tied to their success specifically. There are people that just do not want you to get over. And that's why black people have to sometimes understand that the collateral damage that we exist in and what we are occupied in is a white world. As much as we are black, 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 we're going to have to learn how to not be so um, sensitive and so emotional when we're talking about how to strategize. And this is not making white people comfortable because I'm all about making them uncomfortable, but it's also wins and losses. And there's also certain things that we have to um, channel our anger at. And I'm not going to look at like Donald Trump. You're not going to have me throw all my anger at this one white guy when it's a whole freaking system, right? Please y'all Donald Trump did not create racism. You know, Uh, you know, your, your thought of, some folks I was talking to, they're like, well, yeah, four years, we felt we had to get back into, four years, you had to get back into what? This 
this organization that's been out here longer than uh, uh, two of my own lifetimes. You're talking about now four years. You just because of what this this white guy that kind of pushed people's buttons. <laughs> in reality, a lot of black people, the reason why they don't say who are in power, the reason why they don't say as much as they should say, because they know as a president, Donald Trump was pro what business. And for what we know, rich black people, they all have a lot of what? Businesses. You know, niggas high day money. Now the businesses don't always incorporate our own, but if Jay-Z can go ahead and do a business deal with um what was it? Um Moet or some shit like that. Uh, yeah, the Louis Moet. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Well, why can't I? If if he could do a business deal with the NFL, the most whitest of white, why can't I? And and but but the problem I think I have with black people that do these business ventures with other folks, these predominantly um you know white folks with powerful you know uh, businesses ventures and all these things that they they um, attach themselves is that they don't bring it back home. I have a problem with that. We don't reinvest. It's like I you, know, you do your little business deal. I get it. I get it. Boom. But you can't sit there as a ti say okay we need to uh, outlaw and stop running to Gucci, then you say that then a year or so later, you're back to wearing Gucci. You know what I'm saying? Because they just called you up and like, hey, T.I., apologize. Yeah. You know, let's 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 kind of sit at the table. And then next thing you know, you sit at the table, you get what you get. And then next thing you know, Gucci's still selling us the $500 belt. It's not like Gucci just said, you know what, we're going to give black people a discount. Yeah. <laughs> or we're going to brand something just for black people. We know we branded you as an individual. So my thing is, stop hating on those individuals that are trying to do something for our people, but have to maneuver in these spaces at times in particularly, and you know their agenda is always going to bring it home to the winning team. I have a frustration at people around people that don't do that because there's no way that you're going to move around this shit when all of this shit is covered. And like these buildings, when you go to them and you try to put, open up a brick and mortar, I mean, it's, if it ain't a Russian dude, if it ain't a Jewish dude, if it ain't an Asian dude, it ain't a lot of black dudes. <laughs> it ain't a lot of black women. You know what I'm saying? These are the kind of games that they play with us. And this idea and this thought process that all black people are going to support each other. You have an idea. Mostly, yo, back, black people will come to your grand opening, but they will not continue to support you after it becomes not um the big deal you know yeah. when it becomes those moments we'll, we'll, we'll holler at you on christmas we'll holler at you on the anniversary of the grand opening but when we talk about every day <laughs> you know niggas is going to be like eh, they don't really have what i want oh i i i, I I'm, I kind of upset how the service was, but we'll keep going to these Asian people and it don't matter what they do to us with our nails, our, 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 our feet, and our, how, when we go in there, get food, the, the air products, food, it doesn't matter. They can't even talk to us or even say hello, right? So it's like we accept the treatment from other people, but then we have these overly black folk that want to sit there and say, well, Negro, you're not supposed to do any business with white people. Then how the hell do we get loans from banks? Especially if you're not trying to create investment um, capital with your own people who are so afraid to even put money together because they scared that a nigga was going to skim 500 off. Yeah. And that whole idea of I, I, you go back to Dr. Claude Anderson, his premise, you know, you you sell to everybody. Facts. You, know, you spend it with your people, but you sell to everybody. <laughs> so you you if, if you got a pancake house. 
Asians eat pancakes, white people eat pancakes, Latinos eat pancakes, Polynesians eat pancakes, Eastern Europeans eat pancakes. You sell pancakes to everybody who eat them. And here's the cold part. Not to just throw in, I just wanted this because it was in my thought. Like, let's say if I create a business, (laughs) I have to sometimes find a neutral area, a neutral spot, right? Because we as African-Americans, we spend so much time in these dumb, dumbass turf wars. So if I have it in a certain area that a certain group can't come to, then I lose all that money, right? Because it's not a neutral area, right? It's just like, oh, I can't have it over here because those crew, that 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 group of people can't come over there. That shit is, we're the only people that's that have to face that kind of dilemma. Make sure insurance higher and, and all kind of stuff. If, if I mean, the, the, this idea, the, yeah, the thing, the important part is, is, is not, turning your back so if you if you open up the pancake spot and you sell pancakes to everybody now when you say i need to go get flour is there a black company that you can get your flour from no is there a black farm that you can get your eggs from or get your no. dairy from? but i'm saying that's when you start looking and if at- there is a black farm you're not going to get enough eggs to supply the meet the demand of, of, of that you need but that's what i'm saying that's where you you start looking at okay well let let because if you go through a lot of asian communities you'll find that the, the formula is the same You'll see a dry cleaner, you'll see a diner, you'll see a Chinese restaurant, you'll see a, a, a market, something. And they'll tell you religiously, their chopsticks all come from Asian distributors. Mm. Fortune cookies, Asian distributors. The noodles, mm. Asian distributors. Facts. All, everything that you get in when you're in, in these restaurants all came from some different Asian distributor. So you find who, who does it, who, who's in charge of chopsticks. All right, we all get our chopsticks from this company. We all get our fortune cookies from this company. Even if a black dude's like, hey, I make fortune cookies, they two cents on the cookie cheaper. I mean, you'll save thousands of dollars a year messing with me. No, I'm going to get them from the Asian dude. And if worst case scenario, I'll tell him a competitor is doing it cheaper and maybe we may do a new deal. But I'm still getting my cookies from the Asian guy. Like like that's where the, that keeping the money circulating, keeping it home. And, and we don't do that. We don't. But we don't also keep it circulating. We don't also support it. And I think that, you know, for me, it's just like when, when you hear <laughs> we talk about 100 episodes and we thank yeah. everybody that supported it. Yeah. Clap, clap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate you. Thank yeah, you. Well, no, I, I do. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just on my asshole shit today. I'm just you know feeling really some ways about a lot of things because I just see a lot of bullshit and it's like people don't call. And when you call it out, you call it out, it's like you're being disgruntled, but it's just like it doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm going to say if it makes sense, I'm not going to say nothing. But if it doesn't make sense to me, it's not me trying to rock the boat. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So what doesn't make sense to me? Recently, there's two things that were just really kind of like when you talk about like eye openers, it was like "Hmm." and we talk about the the um, the Messiah by the name of Obama, but in particularly, um, we talk about the group uh, BLM, um, the organization that has like opened the door for white guilt and 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 white uh, people feeling like they're compelled to do something. Right? Yeah. Um, received like ninety million dollars over um, the twenty twenty span, and a lot of that occurred during from what i believe during the whole um summer protest the uh, um righteous uprising as i like to call it um george floyd brianna taylor and um uh, ahmaud aubrey um so 90 million right 90 million dollars was received by a, a black lives matter organization 
that um, there's been a lot of different allegations. I can't speak on it. People say they're they're supported by the, the George Soros. I don't know none of that. I don't, you know, I, I just, you know, I can't buy into some of the rhetoric because I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we know they're being funded or they've been supported by entities. And, and we know yeah. when you have an organization, nonprofit, whatever, um, you're going to have to get support. I mean, I get support. And sometimes I look at people like I run an organization. I'm supposed to get support from uh, 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 entities if I have an initiative or I'm creating something, if you niggas ain't giving me the money, who the hell am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do this shit for free? But that's yeah. another, neither here or there. I don't mind 90 million. I really don't. And really 90 million ain't really that much money when you think about some of the corporations. But what I do you mind- Add that over 50 states. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what I, do, what I do figure is a few different things. One, 90 million- for what we look at as a revolutionary um, 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 organization or a organization that's leading us into, you know, an idea of revolution. That to me speaks volumes to its credibility in the movement in a sense of not saying that Black Lives Matter has not organically created an eye on a lot of the, um, you know, things that affect black people. But in reality, they have benefited because of the Black Lives umbrella being embraced by media, being the call of duty has allowed them to take credit for every organization outside of them that are black that have been pushing um, for uh, the, the lack there of totality on the streets or police brutality and everything else that has been deemed problematic to black people. It's not just them. But they get to support, they get the accolade. So that's one of my issues. Then I, I just don't know too many revolutionary organizations that were able to um, come up with 90 million and survive. <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh, the, the Black Panthers barely could come up with 10 cents before they wasn't um, COINTELPRO or wasn't attacked by police. So, really, in reality, a lot of them died broke. A lot of them had to be their own lawyers, right? Because they couldn't not afford lawyers or trust lawyers. Um, you know, the ways that they had to go underground spoke to volumes of how the the money wasn't, um, you know, kind of spread because they didn't have that kind of uh, a money pot, that investment, though yeah, they were getting support a lot from of, A lot of crime, a lot of uh, yeah, um, illegal activity funded a lot of the movements. Yeah, and then and then you have some Hollywood friends like Jane Fonda and some other folks that kind of you know behind scenes gave things, but nothing to the amount of ninety million. Yeah, ninety million dollars for me from an organization that is supposed to be um, a steward of blackness. They may not say that in their mission statement, but everybody believes that. That to me is a travesty because we know that there has been organizations from their chapter in local areas that have really never ever done the type of things that they said they would do with money, have lied about having money, have pretended that they don't protest for money, and have been manipulating people to do GoFundMes and these kind of things. We know that to be fact. These are things that are happening. So I say 90 million, how are we moving and not saying anything about people that have created this 90 million fund and we still have police killing us. 
We still have communities still in ruin and poverty, and we don't have any infrastructure that has been built to change what dynamically we're saying needs to change, that black lives need to matter. But how can an organization that says that have $90 million and ain't spread it like mustard or mayonnaise or butter to the communities that are suffering? That's my issue. They have a, an amazing they, something lined up for them that hasn't happened since Wiz Khalifa. And so when, when remember Wiz Khalifa's breakout song, Black and yellow, black and yellow. I hated when, that. When, when who went to the Super Bowl that year? The Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Those things lined up perfectly to, to brand and, and to blow him up. That was the theme song for the Pittsburgh Steelers who went, went on to the Super Bowl. Most people don't know that there's a difference between Black Lives Matter, the movement, and Black Lives Matter, the organization. Mm. Most people don't know that there's a difference. They just know the phrase Black Lives Matter. So the same way that Black and Yellow rode the wave of the Super Bowl, which is the biggest <laughs> singly viewed event in this country every year. And people, there are people who believe that that song was written as the theme song for the song Super Bowl for the year for the Steelers. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's the Steelers theme song. He did that. Yeah. For going to and the, the Steelers Bowl. didn't have to give Wiz Khalifa not a goddamn thing. If anything, they might have was. They probably before when it first came out, they were probably thinking like, we need to sue this. Oh no, we let's that no, guy can go. They wrote that song all the way through the same way that the organization free advertisement, baby. Same way the Black Lives Matter organization rode the Black Lives Matter movement. Knowing damn well that there were hundreds, thousands of different groups, different activists, me being one, that was there, not under the umbrella, but the umbrella of black power and us being killed on the streets, the lack of um, equity for our neighborhoods, the, 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 the poverty-stricken neighborhoods, the crime and the corruption in our community, fighting against white supremacy. This was a white supremacy fight for most of us, not a Black Lives Matter fight. It was black a white yellow, supremacy black fight. Yellow, black and yellow, black. That, that's, that's all BLM did. They, they Wiz khalifa their way in $90 million. And they rolled in with this idea of police accountability, um, you know, police reform, and ain't shit been reformed, ain't nothing been built, and they got 90 million and those are for individuals and it's for their organization. And yeah, they might have bailed out a few people. Yeah, they might have done this and yeah, they might have done that. But when you hear that they weren't even invited to sit down with Joe Biden, you got like, huh? <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know who the who who's the the the, the front runner. I don't even know who the face is. I don't even like I don't when you three say black I'm women, I don't know. Black Lives Matter, I don't who are you meeting with? I don't know. I, and game. here's and, and here's the thing. Even their chapters before this 90 million came out right the 90 million dollar conversation even chapters were discussing how they weren't transparent they were like yo because a lot of chapters not not the one in particular in sacramento they were like really people are like going broke they're like they're doing all this and they're seeing it and that's what i hated when white get guilt kicked in and white people felt compelled and white people started kneeling white politicians started saying yeah we're sorry our bad Let, let's start putting black lives matter on on roadways and street walks i hated every single one of that these things i i didn't like any of it because i knew at the end of the day they would miss the point and i knew what would happen that all of the funds that people would be throwing to would be to any black lives thing that was tagged black lives, you were going to get paid. And they got paid. 
Not only yeah. did the organization nationally did, but locally organizations that were yeah. still in a fold. And even if you weren't doing nothing, like let's say you had a local organization in Las Vegas that ain't did shit um, until 2020 because you were you started off in 2014 and probably like I ain't doing nothing. And then here comes 2020 summer. You were just waking up to the to the, to, to to a ching ching in your bed. They're like, like franchises. It, it, it's like it's like a subway sandwich. Plus, yes. if, if you have a black they Lives chapter, Matter they, chapter they, they in San yes, you have chapter nothing to do with one in North Carolina. Not at all. Who has nothing to do with somebody in Memphis? Who has nothing to do with anybody in Minnesota? Y'all don't talk to each other. Nope. Y'all don't. Rub. So if if the Sacramento chapter gets a check for two hundred thousand, they can choose to or not to divulge that information to another chapter. And trust me, they have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, right. there's trust people, me, they have a lot of stuff straight. Yeah, there's a lot of you know people don't understand that the chapter matter, the Sacramento chapter of Black Lives Matter. I mean, I don't. You people can be believe whatever they want to believe, but I know because I seen it for myself. I know what I know. You know, I'm not talking from a perspective of outside. I saw it. A motherfucker came talking about they got no money for shit, and they got money. They got checks. I saw a check written out. And if so, they didn't give it back to the team, I don't know what to tell the team, but that's what was going on. But you guys want to continue to give money. And the funny part about both the Sacramento chapter of Black Lives Matter, as well as the national chapter, as soon as the money component came out, 90 million, you did hear the organization nationally say, we're going to give out a thousand dollars to 3000 some people or whatever the freak um, to do some help for, you know, the COVID relief. And then here comes this chapter talking about they're going to open up a house because they, they had so much money that came in. Like we didn't know you didn't have all this money coming in, but yet you're, but yet you're asking for GoFundMe. It's like, why are you asking for GoFundMe? Why are you asking for money when you had a lawsuit that you want? Like, why are you asking us to help do what kind of work? Like I'm going to try to, what work are we doing? Do what? To show up when, you know, when somebody when pay people, off your student loans, you, I mean, somebody what you, knock out a car I'm payment. Saying, are we are we showing up because police kill people or you showing up to every like it, it's just so crazy like you you showing up because police did what are you showing up because community needs what you it's just almost like a tactic to stay relevant and we just buy into the bullshit and it's it, it's it's tiring to watch this shit constantly happen it's like all you white people if you want to really do your research understand that black lives matter organizations ain't doing all of the prolific work to empower black people that is far from the truth their mission statement ain't even that their yeah, mission statement is not economic development excuse me i said they got a great marketing department I mean, but facts. Yeah. But I think that it's the stupidity of people once they get into these moments and how we embrace it. And the cold part about it, no one's even talking about the ninety million dollars. Like people are, like, ah, and I question people that aren't talking about the ninety million dollars or where it's at, what's happening. And it's not about being disrespectful to black people. It's just being saying, okay, well, if we have all these problems in the world, we're always pointing the finger at the white man when we know niggas got access. And there's an organization that claims to be about black liberation black resilience and we got all kind of black problems well why don't you help pave the way yeah why don't you help support what is going to be the change the immediate change don't come up with oh yeah we're about to give a thousand dollars after the fact you well, should have been doing that during the moment dollars there's roughly 40 million black americans walking around there's your stimulus check right there you can cut that in half and cut a nice substantial check to, to, to every black household in, in the nation, it'd be appreciated. And I'm not saying black people who work 
and, and I've always said that to people. Like, I hate it when niggas wanted to sit there and, like, when you start, like, creating this idea, oh, man, I work for free, and, and you start promoting that shit, that's when I know, okay, nigga, you're getting some kind of money under low. Because, I, 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 first of all, I don't even embarrass myself to be kind of like, you know, oh, I do this free work and it, exposing that over and over and over again. Say it once or twice, cool, I get it, because then I can understand why your your frustration may be what it is. But if when you're constantly promoting that shit, it's like, ah, nigga, well, you're getting some money. Because I don't think that this work should have a person go broke to the point where you can't even buy a sandwich. I do yeah. believe compensation is important and necessary. But... If you are creating an organization and you're having people go out in these streets and people who are going out in the streets are just fly by nights, they're like literally soldiers. I believe that you should compensate something. You should not. I'm not talking about just uh, a sandwich here, uh, a, 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 a bottle of some gin there. I'm, I'm talking about really get them on the payroll. And and that to me helps incorporate and help solve issues. So now, okay, we want to try to break free from some of these um, infrastructures. Well, we, we create an organization that's bringing uh, some economic value to not only fight the beast, but also those people that are helping to fight, they get their support too. So they can leave whatever um, infrastructure they feel is compelled by white supremacy without having to feel like, damn, I, I, I have to, st- I want to be with y'all, but I, I have to work at the same time and yeah. don't, freaking clown people who have to work and can't be over at protests every 24 hours when you are the one getting the check that shit is crazy to me nine fucking million dollars dog yeah there's so many things that could be done with that money to be beneficial and and this i think ties in still with that theme of miseducation and what we expect out of politicians what we expect out of nonprofits, how we expect uh the system to work how we what we think it's going to do, how we think it operates. And just so much of it is just wrong. Like it's, it's so much just, it's just a miseducation on how so many of these things work. What I wanted to run something by you, you know, I, I hit you with it last week on them four individuals of the most valuable violating individuals. Oh, yeah. I got a few more to throw at you this week. Mm. These are the most violating people when it comes to on code behavior, but these are in the political realm. So, you know, last week hit you with the four, four mm-hmm. running back. These are yeah, all, these are in Herschel, the Herschel, Herschel Walker's on the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah. So we're going to give you, I'm going to give you four individuals and, and why they're brought before the congregation. And then you tell me who's the most egregious, who's doing the most wrong when it comes to on-code violations. All right. So candidate number one out of Michigan, uh, Austin Chang. This is the one who was saying that if he gets elected, that he wants to uh, erase Black History Month mm. in in Michigan and replace it with American History Month. He said he wants to cancel Black History Month because it's offensive, it's unfair, and it may be even be illegal. <laughs> Candidate number one. Okay. Candidate number two, he's semi-retired from politics, Andrew Gillum. This was the dude that they was grooming to be the next Obama. Personally, being personally groomed by Obama. And he was running, ultimately, he was running for Florida. He lost Florida because of his disconnection to black people. Like, they got him set up to be the next Barry Obama, like, step and stride. And the same reason why he didn't become governor of Florida is the same thing people accuse Barack of, is because he, black people were just like, we don't believe you, you need more people. Mm. When it came to campaigning, 
He just kind of, he had like puffy man in the phones and he had all these little celebrity stuff, whatever, doing things, but black people didn't connect with him. Ultimately, his political career ended. Now he's married to a black woman, but he was found in a hotel room with a male escort suffering from an apparent drug overdose. That's why his political <laughs> career is over. But the fact is, is that the next guy up who they were going to set to put, put in place to be governor and hopefully groomed to be a potential presidential candidate down the road was a guy that was going to be another model of complete disconnect to black people. And this is who we were going to be presented with. You got him. Mm -hmm. Candidate number three comments on politics. Not not. But they're thinking that is getting groomed for a political run in the near future is Candace Owens. <laughs> Candace Owens is notoriously comes out speaking. And, and her case is that America is not a racist country. Mm. That her standpoint is, is that whether it be police brutality, whether it be through the education system, political system, law enforcement, whatever, it's a case of bad employees, not a systemic issue. Mm. If that cop beat him, he's just a bad cop. It's not because racism exists in law enforcement. Black women, how they complain and talk about the things that they go on in healthcare and, and in hospitals. It's not a racial issue. It's just bad doctors. There's no redlining. Just got a bad realtor. Mm. It's that, that that the premise is not systemically racist. It's just the individual. Mm. That's number three. And number four, newly elected vice president Kamala Harris. Mm. Since elected, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have spoken on. Joe Biden has been up there speaking about bombing folks, been out there talking about all this, that and the third about what's going on in the country. No shyness about speaking about what's happening. Kamala Harris has stepped out to make one statement about one subject since they since they took office. And it's only to to uh, get black people to take the covid vaccine. That's the only stance she's taken since since election. She's not come out to speak on, on any other subject with any passion or any energy. She is now just the face of trying to convince black people to be more uh, more gung ho about getting this shot for the COVID vaccine. Mm. So those four candidates, which one jumps out to you? I think you most violating the code. I think I think you missed one. Who'd I miss? Barry Obama. Wait, who? Barry Obama. Barry? I didn't put Barry in there. Well, we because there's something separate I was going <laughs> to do with Barry. But but so you so you think what Barry did is, uh, trumps all four of those. Um, yeah, I, 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 I honestly, yeah, because I, I think for the type of notoriety, and this is my argument, right? Yeah. All of these conversations are in principle trending now, but they have always been conversations that we've had to have. People were fearful of having the conversation for whatever reason, um, though it was may not be deemed important or may, may not be deemed as really a, a, a centered problem or maybe individual issues, not really a system issue, right? I think that him being in a position of that much power and us watching four years of whatever Donald Trump wanted to do, he damn near did it. Yeah. <laughs> he walked the move like the Teflon Don. Um, looking at the governor of Michigan, not wanting to have black history, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know what? You should have kept your mouth closed. Now you're done. You, you know, we, we, that's not going to happen because, you know, you're not going to even be able to move in that kind of space. Um, what's your boy? Andrew, it's kind of like after 
that um, interview that he had with his wife, which was actually pathetic. We have heard nothing from him. And I think that he would have been my first choice, to be honest with you, because there was so much um, there was there was so much of investment that was happening behind the scenes yes. to groom him to be what Barry what is right currently. And Candace is freaking Candace. <laughs> you know I'm saying Candace is just like, yeah, she's she's, she's, she's Candace. Well, yeah. What do you expect? And what did you think that was going to happen from the, the Pearl Converse Queen anyway? Did you really think she was going to speak? I mean, she has been so quiet. Your boy Biden hasn't even said some um, disrespectful things about black people like, oh, we don't know how to use the Internet properly. You know, yeah. and she ain't said nothing. Yeah. But really, how much do vice presidents really say? Right. I mean, you don't hear necessarily that much from vice presidents. And we all know who anybody that's paying attention. She was a tool. She was a tool to get the black woman's vote. And her only thing that they got her saying is black people go get the vaccine. And so that vaccine is a, a fight because black people really want the vaccine. I, I like I was on a call the other day and it's just like I'm hearing niggas really like, yeah, we just want to make sure that, you know, we we make sure that we're not redlined to not get the vaccine. I'm thinking in my head, like, what are you niggas talking about? This is the best thing for us to not get the vaccine. So saying that Andrew was a, it was a catastrophe. Absolutely. But I have to say Obama, because what Obama in for folks to move up to speed, what he did not do in a position of power he did not even bring up conversations that we are now clearly having because of white resentment and white resistance. And to me, that is hypocritical as that speaks of a coward. And yeah. as us looking at him, him as our black hero, our black Messiah, the simple fact that you did not move a muscle to have a conversation about it speaks to the volume of cowardliness that comes from a black man in a position and wanting just to be comfortable in a setting instead of kind of stirring up the pot when I could see the first four years. Let me get in here. Let me slide in. All right. Okay. You know, don't, yeah, don't bring that up because you would have brought up reparation conversation to a bunch of white people would have lost their ass. <laughs> that in in the help. middle of economic Dude. free fall. There's no, I, I, guess, economic I free fall. On the first, the first Absolutely one. not. Hell, no, hell hell everybody not. was losing their shirt. They, nobody, we don't want to hear about nothing. Nobody. But the <laughs> simple fact that, yeah. yeah, but the simple fact for two years, you had the house and the Senate and then the reelection, you absolutely don't bring nothing up. And now you're saying that you do support reparations or in a way that you believe in it. Okay. But you never brought it up yourself. And you, you, you've always found ways to support black people by grouping all of us all together now. And in reality, for me, that has always played to um, uh, the negative point because we always get lost in all these shuffles. And then to watch what Biden is doing with the anti-Asian um, initiatives that he's pushing. Yeah. And there was never a anti-black initiative. Like, do we forget about the anti-black shit? Cause it's a lot of whole lot of Karens that was popping off the last two, three years, right. That was almost yeah. getting niggles killed and niggles have been getting killed. And the simple fact that now, because it's a trending topic now, it's because it's a move that now Congress or 
different states are actually having a conversation and talking about or investigating on how we might be able to get reparations. You want to say something now? That shit to me is cowardly and that shit to me is corny. And to me, yeah. that speaks more volumes than the other four. Though the other four, woo-hoo-hoo! Holy smokes. Yeah, and I think there's a conversation we don't have enough of when we refer to Obama is that he pushed multiculturalism, people of color, diversity, because he's multicultural himself and, and mixed. Yeah. So I think we we a lot of us hold on to the one drop rule of well, you know, if you got a little black in you, but he had a black ass wife for real. real. But the difference is is that he comes from a biracial family. So when he when he thinks of himself, when he looked at his mama, his mama's white. Mm. So when he thinks of views, he thinks multicultural. He thinks inclusion. He thinks diversity because that's his actual family. That's his actual life. And so we look at what he looks like from the outside and we think black man, black wife, black kids. He should see things through a black lens. Nah, look at his photo album. Flip, flip, flip through the family album when he goes through what his mom and grandma and grandpa look like, what his cousins look like. What is it like? He that multicultural stuff he pushed is his actual existence. And we try to put that on him like, nah, he should just be he, he should just be pro-black with his fist in the air. And we but got I, the same thing with the vice president, because we're going to sit there and think she should be standing on her uh, on, on, on her black woman card. But when she look at her family, the one she was born into and the one she created herself, it's diversity. And, and, it's I, think, and, and I think that that diverse experience that has diversified their outlook, right. And, yeah. and what they see as in the world, it, it, it plays a part on the distaste that we do have for them because they were chosen just because of that. Right. They, they, their adverse upbringing, though, I'm not saying they didn't have adver- adverse things happening. Right. Um, Cause we, they've, some of them have shared their stories, especially especially when you think about stories of immigrant families having to migrate and deal with whatever they deal with. I've felt in my own self as being, a, 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 you know, I have immigrant parents, you know, we are from Haiti. Right. You know what I'm saying? We migrated here in a situation where it wasn't like, OK, I was accepted by black people as soon as they found out when I'm celebrating my Haitian heritage. They're like, ah, nah, nigga, that ain't that ain't what it is. Right. So we know there's the struggles. But in the mindset overall, they always had where I can. Yeah, I could go hang out with a group of white kids, but I will always be the, the sore thumb hanging out. They could really move and in, 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 in being in light in, 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 in their in their look kind of be with a diverse group of people and people won't say anything about it where here I am a black ass Negro trying to go and do that. That, that ain't, that ain't working too much. You know what I'm saying? You can see that the skin color, you you're browner and I'm looking, I'm coming dark as hell in, in, in this screen. So I'm a little browner. If you see my parents, that's, there's, there's no mixing. That's crazy. But that's, that's a problem. There yeah. is no mixing and mingling where they were able to mix and mingle that's why it was a lot easier because to be honest with you how do you pick uh harris and you don't pick stacy like you know what i'm saying like you you when you look at it if you want to talk about power players like well stacy abrams was was the one that you should have picked that look you don't want a black woman you don't you that look and that's, that's not saying with that that's gonna come with that that other thing but yeah. here's a problem here's the problem 
Harris will be defined as a black woman, even though she doesn't define herself as only a black woman, but black women will embrace her as only a black woman. And so when did Barry though. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but then, you know, she didn't marry black, but that's whatever that is. And the thing I think that call up calipoted, um, you know, Obama was a simple fact, like, ah, oh, he has a black woman. So that, and on, she talks that black stuff and she is black, right? Yeah, we we identify. That so that was the, the, the saving grace for Michelle yeah. being who she was and really playing her role to the T. I mean, to the T. So she brought a classy, ferocious, elegant, no nonsense, yeah. um, all of those things to incorporate from what a black woman truly is from, you know, loving and caring, strong, intelligent, beautiful, all of those impactful things. Boom. And he's all and she's, you know, with a, with a, a brother that a lot of women will look as a dashing black man. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, look at him. He's so handsome. He's so intelligent. And he talked that talk because you got to be I think people don't don't. I think people that got to remember this whole thing. Obama came out of nowhere. Like, you know, like he junior senator who barely got the seat warm and was all come on. broom for the president of the United States. Come on, y'all. Like, let's let's be honest. He wouldn't. It didn't. It, didn't it, it was like it was the same thing. Like Trump. It almost like it came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And when you look at history, a lot of these public officials that they are groomed in a way where you could see if Obama wasn't anything you saw. Even though I remember having a Time Mag, I wish I had it, a Time Magazine, um, like I was doing some kind of like uh, vision board, had Time Magazine uh, picture of him. And this is before he even did his great speech that catapulted him. Uh, yeah, to, speech. Yeah, he, that was even way before that. They were like the next president. This was before they even thought. But it was already a situation that was coming. And in that moment that it is right now, this is why the moments I think particularly connect the moment that we had Obama become president and the moment that we're shifting right now in 2021. America was at a point that they needed something different because what Bush Jr. did was absolutely worse than whatever Trump did. Trump created rhetoric that created something that was burning in America, but it's been a relevant thing in America. So it wasn't like when Trump got in, police were killing us. Nah, the police been killing us. It's just now we videotape it and we can go yeah, see it all and the time. And let's be real. If there's no pandemic, Trump's reelected. Yes. Like, like people, people really like are really I, thinking I, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't have their grasp <laughs> on how things were going in the country. All Even Trump had to do, all Trump had to do was not call it the China virus. Yeah, He was so bullheaded in his arrogance that all he had to do was make it like he cared and be like, you know what? This is a tough time for America and, and roll the dice. But he believed that his base was so strong that he was rolled like, man, you, this is some bullshit y'all. Like I'm, I'm going to go through that. All he had to do was play that. You know what? Let's, 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 let's shut down um, some of America. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and give aid over here. All he had to do was play that role said, and if, he would have been if, America's if greatest COVID, hero. If COVID didn't hit, if COVID hit exactly 12 months later, it would be President Trump right now. That's why they had to have COVID hit. <laughs> you COVID feel me? Hit 12 months later. He, he, Pandemic he had to happen. That was the only way. Bro, for four years, for four years, and I don't think people really pay attention to this, for four years, and y'all can argue and debate whatever y'all want to do. I don't care because I'm going to look at it the way I'm looking at it. For four years, they try to take him out with 
with with uh, um, voting uh, um, allegations, with tax um, Russia, allegations, illusion, with, 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 uh, with, with all of this shit for four years. And this man was a Teflon. I mean, sexual allegations, and they, nothing stuck. Like but thirteen different know, rape charges. What I do know, if you have something that flips the world on its back, and then you have a leader that's not prepared for that kind of, you know, organic pandemic, yeah. and that he will not show leadership in a sense of um, being more subtle and has to be having some empathy because he knows what's going on in the background. He knows the kind of the play, right? And that basically shows um, some of his arrogance. And and then another touching point that he did not denounce white supremacy as well as another big thing that he never denounced. I, I, white think supremacy. Have, I think he'd have been okay on that if it wasn't, if all these people weren't out of work and all this other stuff. I, I, I think that, but I see this where I think that with him not denouncing it, the pandemic, and and more and more people seeing the summer of 2020, where you where you saw this emergence of we could possibly be at a civil war. That's what freaked everybody out. Because remember, the insurrection people just didn't stop supporting Trump. They started saying they weren't supporting him after the insurrection because it now started making some of those big corporations that just through thick and thin were supporting them. Now they had to make do and say, ah, we're back out. But going back, I think a lot of people's frustration from the pandemic stuff and the fact that you had all these people home watching all these news cycles, over again, watching over all over these again. things of the protests. Like I said, I think if everybody was working, the, he the, came, yes. George Floyd would have been uh, Mike Clark, would have been Philando Castile. Brother, it would have been everybody would have kept going about their business. The pandemic hit the wrong time for old Donald J. Exactly. So so you get that, and that's kind of like when we look again at steering it right back when we talk about Obama, the presidency that he had, you have to pay attention, family, that the grooming of the the, the whole fix, because the moment of him again being our president in a time where it was so turbulent, hope, change, coming with that. And then now this elevation of the, we had the four years that was so bad of us giving this idea that Trump was the worst thing ever, where now back to. Biden and Harris becomes that, that, that fix, right? That, that it becomes that ultimate fix because the, uh, the system was going to erode. But the reality is, you didn't fix the problem. You just put another uh, intentional uh, uh, slave owner back into power that is not looking at anything that we want to look at as black people intentionally. It's just a lot of hot topic and hot talk because it helped him become the president. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what these next few years look like. And then the changeover, because after this last past weekend, there's there's the resurgent conversation of Trump running again in, in, in a few years. There's people calling him to run it back. They're not feeling Biden on either side of the aisle at this point right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's gone on that's going to unwind. And we'll be looking forward to bringing you another 100 episodes, bringing you our take as we look at address and say something about what's happening episode 100 where, where episode folks find 100. you online to keep this up man uh man twitter barry axius i'm free free again free at last off on facebook and um ig barry axius
I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at CEO. We thank you for listening to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you catch podcasts at. Uh, share them with somebody. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Comment the whole nine. Rate it. We appreciate it. We uh, Thank you for being with us for 100 episodes. Yes, sir. And until episode 101. Yes, sir. I'll let you later. Peace.